Good morning, everyone. This is Ben Sadiq, your host for 3P Ball. This episode, we're going to be stunning on the kid. Uh, I'll be talking about my week 16 opponent, Vahid. Let's get started. So, Vahid is a Silver League player sporting an all-time record of 62, 69, and 4. He started his playing career in 2016 and was a great addition, finishing third place, uh, taking home the third place trophy in his first year in our league. Subsequent years, he followed that up, finishing sixth out of eight, ninth out of ten, sixth out of eight, nine out of ten, seven out of ten, and then finally last year, he finished second out of ten. So, I'll be talking about his rookie year and last year, which I think kind of summarizes the Heat as a player. So, in 2016, when he joined the league, he had a very strong draft, drafting Kevin Durant, Hassan Whiteside, Clay Thompson, Serge Ibaka, first four or five rounds. Funny enough, I see Jalil Okafor in the 11th round, Thaddeus Young at round 12, and Chris Middleton in round 13. It's always fun to go back and kind of look at how players were evaluated years past either over or under. So, in 2016, he had a pretty good draft. Obviously, Hassan Whiteside was a stud. Clay Thompson was great in 2016, along with KD. Um, but his rookie uh, campaign really started off poorly. He was involved in three trades. Now, his first trade was with Jin. I referenced this in Jin's episode, where the Heat traded Dennis Schroeder for Tim Frazier and Greg Monroe. Both of those players ended up not playing for large parts of the second half of the year and significantly tailed off, providing top 140 to top 170 value, which is in an 18 league non profitable versus Dennis Schroeder, who was a top 30 player for in totals for the year. And um, I don't know what went on and convinced uh, what was said for me to conduct that trade. But nonetheless, the, the league at the time was pretty nice, tiptoed around it until finally I think someone ripped off the bandaid and said, this is not a whole trade. And Vahid learned his lesson. Now, at the follow that up a couple months later, I tried to trade Gordon Dragic for uh, Dieng, but that got vetoed out partially because Vahid wanted to back out as we connected the trade. I ended up trading Dragic for Jonas Valanciunas Primo in the later year, and finally he finished off his trade, trading. Tobias Harris for Devin Booker, another trade that he lost, even though you would think Devin Booker would be the better player between the two, he was just getting his career started. Tobias Harris ended up finishing top 25 in value, while Devin Booker finished in the 50s. So he was involved in three trades, two of which went through, two of them he lost in. Fast forward in between. Vahid would experiment, play with lineups, uh, relying on draft, and uh, to his record, 
he was never Sacco. 2019 is a little bit of a because we didn't finish the season. There was one week left, and he was he was ninth place facing off against tenth place. The winner of that would have become protected ninth place, and the loser would have been the Sacco. They were I think a game and a half out, so we never know. But hey, asterisks matter in our league. They hold their relevance in legacies and. I will say Vahid has two trophies in a second and third place finish. No Sacco in his resume. So, in 2021 was Vahid's come out party after a little bit of an absence, showing that he can do it in two eras, the Din Cheese era as well as the COVID era or the modern league era. Last year, he finished the season's second place with a 103-72 record, but more importantly, he had the first 9-0 win in our league against Sonny in Week 15, beating him in all nine categories of cap. And that is insane because typically an 8-1-7-2 win, you think games played contributing, which typically means you're losing POs. But he won TO as well, so damn, that is uh, that's that's his story. That is like, you know, I would liken the nine and up win to like an eighty-one point game, seventy-point game, something that is for the history books. Actually, maybe more special than that. It might be a triple-double MVP. What I, I value. You know, is that's hard, man. That that's hard. You're never getting that on me. I'll say that much because just start a player and go for a six-three win loss. But hey, yeah, it's pretty historic nowadays. In more competitive league, I don't think that happens anymore. So, so um, that year he made it to the finals. He did end up losing seven-two to Shiro's in the finals, but he had a very strong draft, drafting Jason Tatum, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, Christian Wood, and CJ McCollum first five rounds. He relied on that draft. Now, interesting enough that year, he had dropped Travis Halliburton to finish top seven. He had dropped Herbert Jones to finish top 40, and he had dropped Cam Johnson to finish top 90. Cam Johnson, yeah, I can understand based on Streaming and waiver pickups and easy to team, but Halliburton was a big drop, yet he still finished second. So, um, what was a little bit puzzling was in the finals matchup, we made some executives around the league would be were busy in the DMs up commenting on the Heat making all three of his waivers Monday, 7.24 a.m., 7.28 a.m. and 11.50 a.m. He had used up all three of his waiver moves, picking up Chris Boucher, DeAndre Melton, DeAnthony Melton, and Brooke Lopez after an injury announcement was made in his roster. He had a lot of injuries in the final, so he was making quick moves, but like I said, it was a little bit of a question mode. 
So with that, we go to his strengths and weaknesses. He's been a strong drafter. Whether that be picking up the best player available or not overthinking it, he's relied on his draft uh, working out for him and keeping him competitive. And when years not competitive, competitive enough to not be sacked. His weaknesses typically tend to be an affinity for reoccurring players in his squad. Uh, even if they're in the same team, he may be okay. Overloading with last year, he had three Boston Celtics players. Then time Boston had a bad schedule, you would beat you would beat the Heat. I a question sometimes is competitive drive. Uh, doesn't appear to be there. Uh, more of a happy to be here type of player, and you can take advantage of that in the nuances of fantasy basketball. And he's pretty absent from uh, waiver and uh, and trades. Um, I wouldn't say absent from waivers. I'd say weak waiver play, but absent from trades. Uh, that I would say summarizes kind of the huge weaknesses. But it doesn't really matter when you have a strong draft. All you need to do is win on one or two pieces outside of your drafted team, and you can tend to not run through the year without touching the wire um, you know it, it's happened in our league when Harry one year drafted and really didn't make any moves and finished third in the regular season so it can happen uh, let's go to this year currently Vahid is 8th place he is 17 and a half games from 1st but more importantly, three and a half games away from sixth place. So he's in the thick of things. He's in contention. Uh, I would say two to eight can flip flop in a week. That's how close the matchups are and the league is. So I think this is going to go down to the last season. In absence of huge blowouts or injuries, and anyone can be in any seed except first nine and ten, I believe. So. Looking at his draft this year, he had drafted in the position of six in our 10-team league. He picked up Jason Tatum because why fix something that isn't broke? He picked up Tatum last year with strong success, went back-to-back with Tatum, who's been really good. He's been uh, third overall in the season. He doesn't hurt you anywhere. Uh, 465 field goal, 869 free throw. 32 points, 9 boards, 4 and a half assists, 1 steal a game. That's fantastic. Now, second round, he surprised a lot of folks picking up Ja Morant, uh, especially with Halliburton on the board, which a lot of people thought would be a better complimentary piece to Tatum. Morant has been okay. Uh, he's been points heavy. 28 points, 6 boards, 8 assists. So in that sense of Tatum and him, he's strong on points, he's great on assists. Both players pick up decent amount of boards and steals. Moran is not strong on free throws, so that was interesting with his roster choice. Uh, Moran started really hot. Third round, he picked up Kyrie Irving. Now, he had a little bit of a panic attack when Kyrie Irving was having his uh, moment in the league. But since then, I mean, he's, he's been 
providing top 15 value all year. 28 points, 3.3 threes a game, 5 boards, 5 assists, 1 steals. His top 3 players, except for Jamarad free throw, are built the same. So you can definitely pick up a theme. This one hurt, 4th round, he picked up Cade Cunningham. Now, admittedly, he was not having a strong campaign, sporting a 400 field goal, but who's to say he wouldn't have picked it up? I mean, you're looking at the guy who had the keys to the car in the Detroit Pistons, and it's hard. it was hard for Bihi to recover, losing out on Kate Cunningham. Fifth round, he picked up Miles Turner, who's been fantastic. He's his block magnet, two and a half blocks, for the for the year averaging one and a half threes, 17 and a half points, eight boards. That that is also a nice little ladder as well. Um, he's been phenomenal, uh, especially in a block sparse league this year, where only a couple of teams are leading blocks. Turner has been great for the Heat's build. He followed that up with Hurdle. Hurdle I thought was re- really risky with this. Last year he sported less than 500 free throw percentage um, on low volume, but I thought, man, with him and Morant, what build were you going for? But he's been okay. He's been, he hasn't been too bad on free throws. The hurdle has just not been getting to the line often enough. And when he does, it'd be an 0 for 2, 2 for 2, 1 for 2, uh, 3 for 5, nothing of high volume. So. Portal's been okay, it'll be interesting to see what happens to him in the trade deadline. And uh, if his value increases or he gets motivated and has a great second half. Number seven was Jalen Green. Um, again, very points heavy, uh, but he's been fantastic. Two and a half threes, 22 points, four boards, three assists, low field goal, high turnover and decent free throw. So the efficiencies of Jalen Green is what sets him back. Similar to Kevin Porter, but I think he's better than Kevin Porter. Uh, in fantasy, at least. Tyrese Maxey, a great handcuff, was picked up at round eight. Uh, handcuffing Harden, who has a history of injuries. He had his own injury, unfortunately, but it seems like he's bouncing up. Bouncing back, giving 20 points, two and a half threes, 800 free throw. He's a little empty everywhere else. I, I'm sure that's a little disappointing if we thought Maxey would break out this year. Uh, he seems kind of built to, similar to round nine player Keldon Johnson, who has been disappointing. Um, again, 22 points, two and a half threes are great, but he kind of has been giving nothing else. So, Keldon Johnson, Tyrese Maxey, very similar campaigns this year, I would say. Jalen Smith, the number 10, who ended up being dropped. Harrison Barnes, the number 11, who ended up being dropped. Monte Morris at number 12, who ended up being dropped. And he finished his draft in round 13 to game. Josh Hart, who's still rostered. That's a win for round 13. And Josh Hart was super, super hot um, during the early part of the season. So that was a great moment. So the three players that he ended up dropping, along with the Cade Cunningham injury, allowed the Heat to fill out his roster with one streamable spot, I would say, the one that's currently being occupied by Diallo. He's also picked up um, DeAnthony Melton, who's supplementing one of the 
I guess, the second waiver spot. Jalen Duran, he picked up as a replacement uh, to the third, call it, uh, dropped player. And I think he's going to keep him for the rest of the year. Duran's been great. Must roster, must add, big off the wire. And finally, uh, in the place of his injured Cade Cunningham, I mean, not any of these could have been his replacement, but Jordan Clarkson got added to his roster, who's sitting at top 100 value, again, great on points and threes. So, based on Vahid's roster construction, I picked up that he'd probably be strong on threes, points, and I would say any given night blocks against me, certainly. Uh, especially with uh, uh, blocking guards and bigs. So those three, I would say, are in strong suit. He should be good on field goal as well, dependent on kind of Green and Kelman Johnson's performances. But Tatum and um, Kyrie Irving are great from the field. Uh, but I would say he's probably mid-quartile on the field goal category. Rebounds, he's not particularly strong in. Uh, I'd say bottom quartile. Free throws, he's mid-quartile. They're obviously punt free throw teams. And he's in a position in free throw where he's not, the, not gonna beat those who are vying for free throws, but he's above those who are punting free throws. So, you know, that's good enough to be mid-quartile. You'll, you'll win that category half the year at least, which is not bad. I'd say turnovers, he is pretty uh, uh, um, uh, mid to high quartile in as well. It all kind of depends on Morant's output and Jalen Reed's. And finally, I would say assists and steals, he's mid quartile as well. So elite in threes, points, and blocks for our league breakdown. And mid quartile in most categories, I would say. Um, so, makes sense. He's in about 8th place, vying for 6th, about middle of the league. This week, he has, an, uh, he, has a, he has a tough matchup with myself, not only due to build, but mostly due to games played. There's a huge discrepancy, and it's not even due to him playing a lot of two-team uh, players this week, but more so, most of his games fell on Tuesdays and Thursdays, where... He had to. He has to make the decision to sit and start. His matchups will not spread out. So, a little bad luck on his part. But hey, I'm facing him. I'm not complaining. That'll do it for my episode on stunning on the kid. I'm glad he's in our league. So it was fun to play against, and he is not part of my top five hated players of the league. I actually wouldn't mind if he wins, which is why it was complimentary. Good luck, but I hope I beat you, Vahid. Peace.